0: And welcome to Untangled, which is our podcast on all things parenting and child development and everything in between. And as always, you are very welcome to accept or reject anything you hear today. We don't know how things are supposed to be. We can only share our perspective on on what we find. So uh, my name is Jill. I'm your host today. And I am delighted to say that Josie is back as our guest. Hello, Josie. Hello Jill, how are you this morning? Are you excited to be back, Jose?
1: I am thrilled. <laughs> do I not look thrilled?
0: You do. Look very excited. So, <laughs> so Josie, you're here today. I wanted I wanted to tell you about my trip to China. Oh yes, please. You haven't told me anything yet. No, I was keeping it a surprise. <laughs> good, good. Because exciting. Well, I would, last week I was in I was in Macau, which is an island off the coast of China. And I was there for the World Forum, the Early Years Foundation, and I know that you have spent time in in China. And I was thinking of you so much when I was away, and thinking, oh, Josie would love that, or Josie would not love whatever's going on over there. And um, we got we got out and about from the from the hotel because it's 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 like a mini Las Vegas over there. Yes. So they don't seem to have any. Identifiable culture that they could package up as um, souvenirs or anything like that. It was literally you just you would just come here to go to the big hotels and the casinos. And we find out that there was some pandas in a like an animal sanctuary on the other island, and we went. Um, it's like five minutes from the hotel, and it was empty, and it cost one pound to get in to see pandas. I mean, you'd pay ten times that to see pandas, but um, it doesn't seem to be what their focus is, which is such a shame that they have this wonderful part of the islands. Each Macau's made up of like three small islands, all connected up by bridges, and they have um nature areas on each one, but that isn't that isn't something that they are singing and shouting about to visitors. They just want the visitors to come in experience the shopping centres and the casinos and go home again. Most people only stay a day or two. So um, I thought that was bizarre. Commercial. That's, yeah, well, that's the word, yeah. Yes. And there was <laughs> there was one day, oh, Craigie. So I'd, I'd went to see the pandas and I'd went with a couple other delegates. We'd, we'd schemed off the last session on the Wednesday, right? And went to see the pandas, amazing. Then we were trying to get a taxi back because it's a quieter area. And we called in at this place that had two big red Rolls Royces outside. And we thought, oh, they'll have a phone, they can ring a taxi. And it was this massive, big, super luxury hotel called The Thirteen. You can Google it up. They've spent millions and millions and millions and millions on it. But it doesn't have a gaming license yet, so it's practically empty. Or a full team of staff. It's really really eerie. And the doorman, who was called Prince, he showed us around and he gave us the tour of the whole place. It was awesome. But of course I left my panda bag there. So I had to go back the second day and pick up the panda bag and then I brought Sheehan with me because he wanted to see the pandas. So we went and see the pandas. And this is a long story just for me to tell you that I was about a story that the locals told me. But anyway, uh, we went to see the pandas again. I came out and I said, oh, Shane, there's a taxi. They're like hen's teeth. Come on. And we're running up and um, it was like a big black minibus. And I knocked on the window and I said, oh, Sheraton Hotel. And he kind of looked at me and I thought, oh, gosh, this is a grumpy taxi driver. But hey, ho, there's no one else to choose. We'll, we'll get this taxi. We opened the back door. Shane and I jumped in, uh, closed the door and we're sitting up waiting to be ferried off to the Sheridan Hotel. And he turned around and he says, uh, do you think I'm a taxi? I was like, yes. And He took out his government card. He worked for the government, giving tours to like dignitaries and politicians. Yes, you were not a VIP. No, he, no, the poor man had just pulled over to check his bank balance on his phone. And Shane and I had jumped into the back of the car. So no, two Northern Ireland people hijacking cars all around the world, wherever we go. And, um, but he did, he brought us back to the Sheridan. But it was really interesting because he lived across the road from the pandas. And where I thought that was like the best place that you could live, because it was so close to the nature reserve. He was saying, no, it's, it's not, because none of the shops or the... It's not commercial. There's nowhere here we have to drive to get shops or a supermarket or anything. And they would much rather be in the commercial part,
1: which
0: which was a surprise to me because I thought he was in the prime real estate, like across the door from a big, literally across the road from a big nature reserve that had pandas in it. How is that not the best place to live? Because
1: did you notice when you're walking around China that people walk into you a lot? They don't have Oh, they don't do personal space. space and they don't know how to queue. No, it's 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 the masses. Yeah. And it's the mentality. And they don't do the privacy that we value. Mm. They like to eat together. They like to talk together. They like to socialize. They like to live on top of each other nearly in high rise blocks of yeah. flats. So they have a different opinion but they are very commercial people. Mm-hmm. So you saw the commercial side of it,
0: yeah they were they were really excited about all of the all of the buildings and and the work they've done and yes. less excited They're proud about of it They're proud less of excited their about yes. about the pandas and the nature, nature doesn't
1: nature and natural resources
0: is things they take for granted and don't wish for I think we can, but it was so it was so beautiful, but it is Palatial. yeah, but Mackay is the most densely populated area and it's it's huge, I mean, just massive. It's big. very like Hong Kong. Yeah, Um. but such a shock. Like, I live in the middle of nowhere. There's literally fields all right. You're the same, aren't you? You live in yes. the country? Yes. Mm-hmm. And it, t- it took a while really just to settle into that, that it was so big and so busy. Claustrophobic, yeah. Oh, well, I found it a bit. But th- I mean, the conference was fantastic. The conference was so good. Um. And I'm going to talk a bit uh, later on in one of the podcasts because there was two main takeaways from the conference. One was brain development and the importance of the first 1,000 days. And the second big takeaway for me anyway was this connection between the gut and the brain and fermented foods and, and good bacteria. And that's something that you are excited about that you do a lot of work on.
1: I um, It's something I found out about because I was introduced to food 30 years ago at university. And it was only when I got ill that I realised that I didn't really know an awful lot about food. And it's 17 years ago since I was introduced to probiotics and became. So I started growing my own. And from my degree. Oh, how I, do you
0: grow your own probiotics? Are you are, are you doing this kefir stuff?
1: No, no, I don't. I'm allergic to dairy. So ah. I do water based stuff instead. Okay. But. um. <laughs> I was, I, I was in myself and I had to find a way of getting better. So I had to go a little deeper. And mm-hmm. so as a food microbiologist trained 30 years ago, um, I've always been interested in bacteria and yeasts and moles, and etc. That was when you do food microbiology, you get to understand the science behind it. Mm-hmm. So bacteria to me were always interesting things. Um, there were never scary, horrible
0: things. Let's have an antibiotic and wipe them out. That was never really part of me. Yeah, well that We heard that at the conference, that when you take an antibiotic, it takes a full year for the good bacteria to build back up again. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. I mean, I don't know why I didn't know that, that if antibiotics are killing off the bad bacteria, it's going to kill off the good bacteria too. But I'd, I never made the connection... I never made the connection between the good bacteria and your overall health. Um, I suppose I just thought it related to your digestive health. But now I'm learning that it impacts your mental health. I mean, they were talking about using fermented food and good bacteria to support children with anxiety, children with autism, Crohn's disease, depression, all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. and I mean, the work that you do and, and the research that you've read, I mean, that would support that, that it that it impacts all of those areas. Well, the first thing I ever
1: learned 17 years ago um, when I started studying Ayurvedic medicine is that all diseases start in the stomach. OK. And all diseases end in the stomach. OK. And um, I didn't really understand that until I started becoming a yoga, studying yoga in depth as well, that we get our energy from our food as well as from above but from our food so therefore to to take that energy from our food we need to process it so that it gets into the body so it become available bioavailable they call it mm-hmm. and therefore we may take in the food but if it's not if our of our
0: system can't make it available to our body it's useless to us well what is the connection between the good bacteria and And the food being available to our body. Right. This is a synergistic approach. Um,
1: We have more bacteria in our body than we have cells. So that is how many bacteria we have. We think of our inside being sterile. It's not. We have more bacteria alive in our human body than we have cells growing. Wow. So we have a synergistic approach. Therefore, our body relies on bacteria to help us with our processing. And this is what we have it's like in the wild. When an animal dies, to it to return the nutrients to turn to the earth, it needs to decompose. Therefore you get a lot of bacteria living on the carcass. Yes. degrading it into its components again so it can be absorbed back into the soil again.
0: Okay, so that's that's why you need this good bacteria in your gut to car- help us break down so that you can absorb it in. Yes. Okay. So they're called. It makes
1: such sense when you say it like that. But that's nature. It's not me. It's just nature. It's always been the way. and um, We go out of our way to make stable food that's sterile. Mm-hmm. We process food and that's our end result. We add flavors to it, we add chemicals to it. It's not natural.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: While if we had fermented food, food like sauerkraut, which is Germans love because it's very good for, it's a probiotic. It helps, as a sorry, it's a prebiotic food, which helps to grow the friendly bacteria in our stomach. Ah,
0: OK, so this, so I've come home, right. And, and I talked to the family and I said, OK, we're going to do a whole review here and I've just thrown everything at them. So I went to the shop and I bought and I bought, you know that game, I went to the shop and I bought. Apple cider vinegar, with the mother, sauerkraut, kefir. If I'm saying that correctly, kefir, kefir. Okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, yogurts with live yogurts. Does that make sense? Yes, but with um, them um, probiotics yeah. in them. Yeah. Yes, and vitamin D spray. And what else? Get. You've um, got a shopping list of healthy Sourdough stuff. bread, yes. So I got all of these things, and I've literally just thrown it at them to see what they like. What they like. Very little is the answer, okay? <laughs> because yes. um, I think their taste buds need to readjust. So first of all, are those the right things that I've bought? And second of all, how do I how do I encourage everybody to eat them?
1: I think because you're asking them to change habits. You have to introduce slowly and in a form that they will like. So um, the yoghurt that you have, maybe Greek creamy yoghurt would be better live or you know, the traditional Greek creamy yoghurt mm-hmm. would be better than going for the full blown mm-hmm. or something sweet, something that's more appeasing to their taste, present taste buds because well, they're, they're very much into processed food. And to try and get people who are into processed food off that yes, they need to be taken slowly and easily at their own pace. Yeah. Um there's a lot of different foods. Um it's not a small sample. You can there's a lot of prebiotic foods that are great to help your stomach, like fried onions for instance. It's just one of the many. But to know that. Again, that's what I mean. There's so much out there um that's good for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just getting to the point of what do you like? And then what's a healthy version of it? Yeah. Rather than this is foreign to us. Let's try and start eating this now. That's not going to happen. I know. I think I got a bit carried away. But what you did is, (laughs) you you did it, Jill. (laughs) (laughs) Which is wonderful. But, you know, what you're doing is right. But you have to, we have to look at more traditional ways of home cooking. Mm. as opposed to processed food. Processed food is there to last longer than its actual shelf, natural shelf life by adding chemicals or processing it or our different additives to it. Um, so therefore you have to look at maybe being more natural and a paleo diet type attitude where you're seeing the wholesomeness of the food. Yeah. And, and that's easier to do. So think of how your granny at or how your mother, you know, how that simplify it, simplify a things because the simpler it is, the body records represent, and represents or recognises so it can absorb simple things. Protein, fat, carbohydrate, you know, it's that's what it does. You know, sugar. it, it, it recognises the simple building blocks of food. It doesn't recognise. The additives you add, the man-made, bits, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't know what to do with them. It doesn't know how to absorb them. Yeah, how to use them. So when you think about it, simple's good. Simple approach: vegetables, fruit. You can't get any better than that. Well, that's true. Yeah, and green vegetables are so full of nutrients. Eaten. Either in juice form or raw, it's it's better than cooking them. Okay, because you don't denature anything when you you know. eat well, that, yes,
0: that's true. And I mean, I've seen that on um, Facebook and on some celebrity interviews. This raw diet that they're that they're just taking things that you don't cook. But but the thing is, if
1: you eat a raw diet, um, if your stomach is very um, unbalanced, it'll be hard. To absorb that,
0: oh as well. yes,
1: you need the bacteria first. Well, it's not just the bacteria, but they also it's as hard to digest things if you are compromised. Mhm. So therefore, sometimes you know, cooking your vegetables, steaming your vegetables, it's easier to co- eat steamed vegetables. You feel better afterwards than you do raw vegetables. Okay. So it all depends on the person, and I think to, to paint something blanket on over something is very difficult and mm. very wrong. You really need to know what your own challenges are mm-hmm. and what's best for you and eat what's good for you that makes you feel good inside. And that okay. to me is always a barometer. When people ask me about food, I say, well, when you eat it, does it make you feel better or make you feel worse? And they say, well, I feel better when I, after I've had that. But then why aren't you eating more of it then? Why are they say? I? and they say, or I always feel worse after that? I feel very broke. I feel this. I say, well, why do you eat it then? Have why ha- it why are that? we eating it, Josie? Because it's habit. Habit, okay. And it's convenient. And it's yeah. cheap. And it's there. And it lasts a long time in the box or on the shelf. I don't know. We but all it- have the same pressures, and therefore, you don't, you always forgive yourself. For
0: not eating your sauerkraut if you don't like the taste of sauerkraut. <laughs> I don't, but I was looking up I was looking up men, um, recipes for how to use sauerkraut. And there was one website said, use it as a condiment. So you're just putting, like, um, imagine it's like a little spoonful of applesauce. So you're just putting a little bit on your plate and building it up. The apple cider vinegar I've, I'm struggling with. Um, the kids don't like it at all. And I've tried to hide it and juice and everything, but mm. um, I might try to make some kind of salad dressing with it, and see how that works. Um, and that might, and it might be just something that that the the grown ups take in our house.
1: Well, you see, I use apple cider vinegar different than that. Um, I use it in the morning, um, for seeing in the morning, um, a little bit like you would do a syrup mm-hmm. into your water mm-hmm. as a refreshing drink.
0: Refreshing. Uh-huh. Apple cider not, vinegar. With a that's bit of lemon. not what I would call it. But maybe that's what I because need to shift. Because you're taking too much of it. Okay. You're not. I'm using putting it a, a tablespoon in.
1: Uh huh. Yeah, a tablespoon with maybe a bit of lemon or something to ha- disguise the bitterness. That's of what it. I need to do then. There's ways that you can do things to disguise the goodness.
0: But also even but saying to myself, "This is refreshing."
1: Yes. Not, as opposed to this, this is, is minging.
0: Yes. <laughs> Using a completely different adjective. But that's what I need to do. I need to I need to be standing at the sink going, This is so refreshing. Mm. But if it makes you feel good, you'll want to do
1: it. As opposed to being
0: Well but being here's the thing, I did do it all the time. But I did feel better like very soon after taking the first bit. Uh, because I'd had such a pressure in my head when I came back um from China, I think with the traveling and things like again. And within an hour that had settled, and then it came back the next day, I took the apple cider vinegar, within an hour, it had settled again. So and it's that, working for you. Well, it's, it must be something around the reducing inflammation or calming calm and something, it, it, but it definitely had a reaction, um, which was positive, which helps me then think, OK, take it the next day and the next day and the next day. Um, and I suppose it's OK if the kids aren't taking it. If we're taking it and talking about it, it's still creating a very positive environment for them to be in. Well, you're educating them, but they took the yogurt, okay, with some honey, and
1: yes, you see, you added honey, a little bit of sugar makes it, it a <laughs> healthy Mary Poppins <Patron> said <laughs> she that, had it and nailed. yeah, she had it nailed. <laughs> and really, whenever you're thinking about things, it's how do people get this into a new habit forming, and it's not a one-off. It should be a change for life and it should be something you build on. So you always think of it as like a foundation. What you've done is you've learned a little bit about a foundation Mm -hmm. that a really strong foundation for your kids and for yourself and for your own health. So you have to build on that.
0: So if someone wanted to try and introduce or, or look at their habits around that, to try and get some of that good bacteria, fermented food in, What's, what's the one thing that you could start to change or introduce as a new habit, what do you think? For me, um, I look always at the liver in the morning and
1: I always add a little bit of lemon to water as a liver cleanse. Okay. In the morning because I always think that if you can help with the elimination of things from your body, that's the first step to anything. It's like having an old block drain and thinking, well, how do I get healthy here? And yeah. the first thing to do is unblock the drain. So I would look at trying to help my liver and then I'd look at the type of food I'm I'm eating. And if I find that there's foods that I'm intolerant to, I'll cut them out. Mm. And then I start adding good foods in as well. So you cut out the cause of your imbalance and then you add good stuff as well. So it's, it's, it's a multi, multi-purpose attack yeah. on illness and imbalance in the body by trying to rebalance. And I think what we have to understand is that it's hard to get it right all the time and we have to forgive ourselves. Mm. There'll be days we'll get it wrong, we'll feel awful and we have to accept that that's was today or yesterday and today is another day yeah, and start all over again. Forgive yourself and
0: move on. Yeah, that's good advice for a lot of things, Josie. Well um. I'm excited to learn more about this because I really want to bring, I really want to bring some of this information into our practice in the daycare centers with Kitty Winkle. So even if that's bringing in a, a food group that's going to be supporting the children, but we're we're going to do a parent event at the end of June, and we've got um we've got some speakers who are going to talk about how these fermented foods and and good bacteria can impact children with anxiety and autism and I think that would be really exciting because um, I know my experience with uh, children with anxiety, there's not a lot of uh, practical based advice out there. It's very difficult when you're working with
1: the brain because everyone's brain is different mm-hmm. and therefore a general brush that just paints everything a brighter shade doesn't exist. Um, but the one thing that I love is the fact that we get so much energy from food and therefore we get our vitality from food. And it, that includes the brain as well as the physical body and the emotional health and the spirit, it all comes, it's all aided with food. So whenever we look, I when I first was told to cut out a number of foods that I was um, intolerant to, I went to my cupboard and realized that everything that I was intolerant to, I was eating all the time. And then I sat for four days looking and thought, what do I eat now? So you have to have alternatives ready Yeah. before you cut anything out. You must have an alternative ready. So well, the best n- thing to do is to start with what people are currently eating and find mm-hmm. a healthier choice but, to that yes. than that. Yeah. Because that they already have a habit of eating
0: that. You're just giving them a really nice alternative. That's a good idea. Okay, Josie, thank you so much. It's so interesting to talk to you. You know you know a lot about a lot of stuff, Josie. I I I know how little I know about
1: a lot of stuff. So I'm always <laughs> learning because I know I don't know at all. And I've met numerous people who know more than me and I respect them. But I'm always aware that the day I die is the day I stop learning. And Mm -hmm. I think if we all have that attitude is that we think we know it. But if we're not practicing it, and it's not working for us. Maybe we don't know it all Mm -hmm. and we should keep on studying and and, and just pushing the boundaries till we get to the point where we understand our own bodies and our own minds and our own spirits.
0: Mm -hmm. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Indeed, there's not, Josie. Josie, thank you so much for coming and chatting to us today, and um, that's that's us for this podcast. So if you're still listening, thank you. We appreciate it. Uh, we're very grateful for um you sharing your time with us. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.